series on debt. I'm sure no one in here has a house payment, has a car payment, has any of that stuff. We're good. We're all loaded. So, uh, but there's different levels of it. Some of us may be in debt or car eyeballs. Some of us may um, just be barely managing. Some may be fine, and they ju- and you just want to invest. You want to do things better. So we're br- I've broken this down into three weeks. So stuff that's not necessarily covered this week, it may be covered next week. So that's that's the whole deal with the financial payoff. Um, you don't have to worry about anybody making fun of you here for your finances. I'm not making fun of you for something else. But I'm not going <laughs> to make fun of you for where you're at financially. So we're just, you know, we're all on the same level. We're all wanting to grow. We're all wanting to get better. So I'm just going to pray. And just that God will expand our minds, help us to retain things, and speak to us. And then we'll just jump right in. God, thank you for this evening, Father. I thank you for each and every person that's, that's come out tonight, God, um, with the desire just to, um, to better manage what you give us and just to help us do things for you and your kingdom while also taking care of the things that you've blessed us with. And I just pray that you'd speak to our hearts, minds, help us to retain what we hear tonight. God, thank you for each and everything that you're going to do. And in your name we pray. Amen. So I've got a short video. Who likes videos? Some of y'all may know my friend Stanley. Remember him? No? Maybe you'll remember the video then. Now, now, does anybody remember Stanley maybe from a few years ago? That was one of the funniest commercials. Everybody laughed about it. Some people cried about it because they were in the same boat. But um, in debt up to our eyeballs is a place none of us want to be. Nobody wants to be in debt up to their eyeballs. Um, so in comes the dirty B word. Not the one some of the girls think is not that bad a B word. Budget. Um, so why do we budget? I think there's two, I think it's a twofold, I think you can break it down to twofold methods. One, I think so we know where we're at right now. And the other part of that is so we know where we'll be. And I think that's just a simple, you can say money and you can say all this and that, but I think that's one of the big things. We budget because we want to know where we're at and we want to know where we'll be. And uh, just to lay out a little bit of scenario, since this is a, a financial class as far as, I guess you could classify it in biblical and, and spiritual, um, just a scenario. Jesus had a, had a crowd of people followed. It happened a lot. He always had people behind him, always had them following, want to learn, uh, want to do whatever. So he's got a crowd following once again, many times in the Gospels. This time they're asking about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, yeah, but there's a cost. You need to count the cost before you say I'm going to do it. And there's a scripture that I think we can apply to our finances. Luke 14, 29 through 30, this is New Living. It says, but don't begin until you count the cost, for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. It's the same way with our finances. We want to know where we're at right now at the beginning of the month, and we want to know where we're going to end up. And if we know that before the month ever gets started, a lot of that stress is going to subside. It might still be there. But just knowing. So that's a, that's a biblical principle. And, and 
whether we do have enough money right now to make our ends meet or we don't, the fact is we still have to manage what God's given us. And how I know we've all seen houses uh, that people have started building. Maybe the foundation's there. Maybe they've got the framework up. Maybe it's got the siding on. But it's, it's still not done. People run out of money all the time. And there's some things that happen. Maybe every once in a while health issue or things like that. But a lot of times people just run out of money. And Jesus tells us that we don't want to be that type of person. We want to count whatever we have before and move forward so we don't run short. And another concept, before I just dig into budget stuff, that is definitely in the Bible, is that we didn't bring anything into this world and can't take anything with us. Is is an old psalm. Um, and another, I'm trying to think of the one that says the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Talk about the religious aspect or having Jesus. But then there's also the aspect that material-wise, some people want to be buried with their money. Some people want to take everything. You can't. It's just, it's not going to happen. We can't take anything here. So while we are here, all we are is managers. And that's a huge concept that we need to do. Only, if you don't take away anything else uh, just over the next couple of weeks, just remember this, that we have to understand that we just manage what God's given us. And the scripture that I was talking about, 1 Timothy 6, 7, and 8 says, After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food, clothing, let us be content. Now, the last part's a little hard. How many, no, I don't think anybody in here seems content with just food and clothing. We've all got to have toys. We've all got to have different stuff. Um, the basics, but yeah, the basics, it, that's not, that's not going to be enough to satisfy. Timothy's saying that. But we can't take anything with us. We're just managers while we're here. And the thing is, my house is God's house. My car is God's is God's car. No matter how many I have, they're God's. And don't take the concept, well, if that's God's car, then he needs to pay that tax. I've heard people say that before, so I'm saying that. But everything we have is God's because if it weren't for God, we wouldn't be able to wake up. We wouldn't be able to go to a job. And even if, if, if it's a person that, you know, you're not able to work, Money is coming into your account from some from somewhere. And if it weren't for God, there wouldn't be no checks from Uncle Sam. There would be no you just we couldn't we couldn't do it. And that's that's the main concept that everything I have belongs to God. My money, my clothes, I'm God's. And if we don't understand that everything's God's, budgeting's not gonna matter anything. So my car's God's, my house is God's. And just even an extra step, you think about it like this. Nobody's happy in these winter months when you start getting like four and five hundred dollar bills from electric company. And that's getting ready. <laughs> Probably happened. Nobody's thankful for an electric bill, but just in a small level, you can still look at that and say, okay, I'm thankful that I even have electric. I mean, I, there's tons of kids at schools that don't have electric because it's not considered a necessity, really, and they'll tell you that. Um, some people, you know, are freezing to death. Or so, you know, it, we still need to be thankful that, God, thank you for giving us electric. It's, it's, not a, it's not a necessity to a lot of people. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my job. Yeah, we get ourselves in some pickles, but that's the concept. Everything I have is God's. My money, my job, I'm God's. So this is a budget, and it's, it's, it's small. I'm going to give you one in just a minute. Um, and so you will have your own. I do have extra copies of these. I ask that you don't start writing on it yet because I'm going to go through a couple things on it. But we've got our income on the left, our outgo on the right, and then a place where we can figure out where we're at at the end of the month. So, um, Amy, can you pass these out? Thank you. 
Well, and that's that's what we're gonna find out. We still gotta, yeah, we still gotta start. We have to start somewhere. So that's a huge step in everybody coming here tonight. And I do have drinks up here. I said refreshments. There's Coke, water. We were joking, you know. I was like, I don't know if I should have food or what. Ben said, well, since it's budgeting class and we're all being tight, he said, why don't you just put a picture up on the screen of like a big feast? And that's how all this, the feeds are. We just list them down. Uh, but I didn't want to do that. So um, if you will look, before we really dig into stuff, on the top, and I, I, I printed this up. This is part of my personal stuff, and then I've kind of checked around. I have tithes at the very top. Um, and what a tithe is, it's biblical, and I'll get into that in just a minute, thank you. Um, it's a tenth of your income. If you make $500 a month, then 50 of that needs to go to God. And I'm sharing this with you, not to force it. I'm just telling you why I do it and why I believe in this. And it actually does speak about tithing. Just to set up a scenario, Malachi chapter 3, everybody uses this scripture. I think actually 310 is actually on our tithe envelopes in a lot of other churches. But the scenario for that is, the Israelites had once again messed up. Um, the prophets coming to him and said, you know, how can we how can we get close to you when we've never strayed, when we've never messed up? So this is what the prophets tell him. Should people cheat God? You've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me on the tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of the heavens' armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it. Try it and put me to the test. So God's saying, look, this is kind of, this is why I'm saying what this is, that the things that you were supposed to set aside, you haven't been doing. And there are a lot of people that have told me, they said, well, why do you even pay tithes? That's just Old Testament. It's not any, anywhere in the New Testament. Well, there is another verse that actually says, oops, uh, Jesus is talking. And there, once again, he's in a, they're trying to trap him with his words. And this is in Mark uh, 12, 17. Pharisees are trying to mess him up on taxes. They want to get him into some trouble. They just want to, just like they always seem to do, they want to catch him up in something so they can go ahead and kill him. And he says, well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed him. So Jesus is saying something belongs to God. You can pay your, I, I don't like paying taxes. That was the biggest thing I hated about the business of the government. I hated running it because I just, I didn't like it. I always paid taxes. But it, it is in the Old New. And you can look at other places in the New Testament. In Hebrews, he talks about going back to Abraham and people giving a tenth and, and that it is important to give to God. So that, that's why I do it because I do believe it's an essential part of Scripture. That's me personally. Uh, me and Ben don't talk a lot about tithing. Um, we don't push money. Yeah, we take up an offering. But that's about it. You won't hear a lot from us just because we know that God's going to provide. But I'm just, this is my personal stuff. So I'm just kind of getting, this, this is why I do what I do. So it is in there. And just kind of a little math problem before we move back to the budget and we open it up for questions. What's 100% minus 10%? 90%. Okay, so that's pretty good. And there, you know, in case you didn't catch that, there's my Albert Einstein. And there's my 90%. So all God's asking for of me, of mine and Ben's, is 10%. I get to keep 90%. And the thing is, if you go back to that, the big concept of money, that everything's God's, it's, it's not even mine to begin with. I might be working, but without God, I wouldn't even be able to lift a finger to work. I wouldn't be able to make any money. And so we get to keep 90%. So it's a pretty good return whenever something's not yours anyways, and you're getting to keep 90% of it and manage that. Um, 
something that a lot of people ask. Uh, you know, well, I don't, I don't have the money to tithe right now. And I always say, well, start somewhere. If you can't start with 10%, then start with 5%. But just like with anything else, if you wait until you have the money to do something, that day's never going to come. Because we, our human nature is the more we make, the more we spend. I mean, that's just the truth. And if somebody's got bigger boats and bigger houses than you and bigger everything else, chances are they make a whole lot more money. But it's, it's just when we get something, we might save a little, but the more you make, the more you spend. You show me a rich person that lives in a shanty that hoards everything up. Now, they might not live as extravagant as they can, but if somebody's loaded, they're not going to live. It's just it's the way it is. And just a personal testimony, and some of y'all remember, Ben's talked about it before. Whenever we went to pastor Middleburg, Kentucky, and I'm not bragging by any means, because like I said, God blessed us with the job that we had. But he was working at the union hall. He was making over $60,000 a year. I was working at the bank, not making much. And the bank, <laughs> bank tellers don't make much. Can I get an amen? But still, so there was about seventy-five to $80,000 that we had coming in every year. And all of a sudden, God was just like, Whoop! I'm calling you to pastor Middleburg. So we left everything. Ben was, and it's weird because now God's brought it full circle. Ben has the jo- has been blessed with the job that he has whenever we left to go serve in full-time ministry, you know, seven or eight years ago. So that's pretty neat. But we left all that because I know that God said go. And I never lived on unemployment. I didn't even know what it was because, you know, I mean, my dad worked for the railroad. And his hard times, you know, was when I was a kid and I just didn't remember anything. I was like, I don't remember never living on unemployment. Like I have a job and there's no pipe fitter work down there. But I kid you not, I never missed giving to God and we never lacked for anything. I'm not. I'm not into prosperity. Where Amy, if you give, if you give a thousand dollars, God's going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not into that, but I do know that God cares about us, and if we do His will and honor Him with the things that He's given us to honor Him with, that He will bless us back a hundredfold. It may not be financially. It may be, and I'll just give another quick testimony. Um, whenever we'd moved back up here from Middlesbrough, we tossed a lot of money on the house because that that was when the housing market totally tanked, and we bought a house. And we had done a ton of work to it ourselves. We'd had a new roof put on. We'd put probably about $20,000 worth of work on it. We ended up having to sell it for what we paid for it. And the house that we ended up with that we live in now, it was crazy. We ended up were able to buy that. We gained that money back, that twenty or $30,000 that we lost on that house deal. But you see what I'm saying? God, God works everything out. He didn't give me a $30,000 check right by hand that day. But he blessed me with opportunities. So that's the thing. That That's why tithing is at the top for me. I'm not trying to shove it on anybody, but that, that's why I do it, and I firmly believe in it because I know God's going to take care of me. And we've had people, Earl, I remember when he got saved and started coming, he was excited to give. He was like, oh, man, you know, I'm, it's just something that got a hold of him and got the spirit. He never tithed before in his life, and his parents had. Amy had, you know, been raised in church. She knew, she knew a little bit about it, but it was just God loves a cheerful giver. He loves when we give our time. He loves when we give, it might be resources as far as finances or anything else, time, talents, and resources, the thing we always do. And just last last point on that before we jump in. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And he will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And I can attest to that. 
as the scriptures show, say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity for you, to you and in you. So God wants us to be cheerful about it because that's one of the hard things. And whether whatever you're given to, whether it's inside the church, it might be a cause outside for the, the school that did the food pantry stuff. Um, so they could do baskets at Christmas. There's those quarter auctions that go on all the time. Whatever you give with, God doesn't want us to be like, well, here it is, God. I guess your Bible says I have to do it, so there it is. He wants us to be happy about it. And it all, everything revolves around that principle of what I have is God's. Um, all right, so going to your budget, I'm going to open it up for some questions. If you look at that, would you just would you look at that? I don't know. Can you just mercy us with us? Would you look at that? Would you just look at that? I mean, look at that. So looking at the budget, um, a lot of times people have excuses. They say, "Well, I can't do a budget. Um, I'm already I'm already blown for the month. So the heck with it. I'm just going to spend whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. I need no car parts. I've bought so much stuff for my old car. It's not even funny. But I've still made sure it's in the budget each month. I've bought a little bit at a time. So I'm still not there but a lot of times people say well I can't do a budget it's already blown I just started if you're on unemployment or don't have a steady income budget with what you currently have for your income on the income side of it lowest month plus highest month. I'm a substitute teacher so there's like two or three months in the summer I don't get a check so I account for that in my I'm a nerd I have an excel spreadsheet that I constantly look at on my phone I'm always because you can do the what if scenario you can punch a number hit enter and it'll tell you whatever you want to know and where you're at that month and I'll, that'll be something next week we'll kind of get into. Uh, when Ben was on unemployment or has been like last year, I had a separate spreadsheet that had everything on it and his and under his income was in. It was just for unemployment. That's how I ran it. Because if I knew he was going to be getting so much every two weeks, that's what I ran my budget off of. So you run it off of wherever you have. There's no excuses. We can all make a budget. We can all figure out something. Highest and lowest month. Same thing with your utilities. Or whatever. So that that's pretty much on the side. I put income one, two, miscellaneous one and two. I don't know what kind of you might have rental property income. You might do business on the side, do side jobs, or you might sell hay. I don't know. So whatever income you have, count it on this sheet whenever you go back and read. What you're going to do is you're going to fill these out. You're going to bring them back in next week. You're not going to have to stand up for show and tell and tell everybody what's on it. That's your personal business. I do want you to bring them back because I'm going to have you do some things with them. How many of you have more than one major credit card? Me and Ben each have one. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> December, yeah, right after Christmas. So, one major credit card. There is all. Does anybody have any questions about your monthly outgoes on that column, or any questions about the income? I just put some notes up there. Emergency fund, that's at the bottom. They're important. Reason we have emergency fund, if you got a question, just pop your hand up. One, I'm sorry, one is propane or a natural gas bill. The other one is for your car since it's in the automotive section. So 
that's on there. Um, emergency funds are important. I don't have one right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have all the answers. I do think they're important because if your car breaks down and it's not in the budget, you're going to be in a bad spot. Unless you're like me or Earl, you know, and you got like 20 cars or log trucks that you drive around in. Yeah, well, and that's 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 another thing. If you do have one major credit card, and some of the stuff we'll talk about more next week, the best thing to do, if you, because like I'll be honest, my parents, you learn from your parents, and your kids are going to learn from you all, whatever, however you spend money or whatever you manage, right? I mean, it's stuff. But I remember my mom, she had like a card to JCPenney, she had one to Belts, she had one to, to Walmart, she had one to, and not that she constantly used all those, but it's one of those scams where it's like, oh, Get it, sign up for a credit card, and it'll save you 10 bucks. And don't fall for that scam stuff. Stay away from it. Best thing to do is have one major credit card. One. We'll talk about how to pay the other ones off next week. But have one and make sure you keep your oldest credit card. That's what's going to count the best for your credit. Your oldest credit card. So, because I did that one time, Victoria's Secret, they having a big one of those big sales on that love spell junk and all that. And I was like, oh man, I got a credit card because they told me I could save. And it said, been about 10 years ago Bingo don't do that I'm kind of aggravated because you said don't do that but then I don't want you to write it again because it's just easier if you go in that store I don't have money well here's the card I can just use it so one credit card if you do have more than one that's okay because we're going to try to get better whenever we get out um, so that's that just kind of If there's an emergency, if your car breaks down, yeah, they are expensive. We did that. You know, all it is is $60 an hour, and we were the cheaper one. When something breaks down, your car might tear up. You might have an unexpected doctor's visit, and sometimes you have to, they send out, some of them are weird. Some of them will wait a month to send something out. Some of them have to have your money right then and there. You might have to have a copay for something. Vet bill, yes, I've had those. The dentist. Uh, different things, anything that is not in your normal monthly expenses, they consider an emergency. <laughs> so it, it, a lot of times it is car repairs for most people. Car repairs, like she said, tires, anything that you're not going to have normally on your budget. Escrow is, and like I said, ask. Escrow account is your fund. That's up under... Yeah, up under home. Some mortgages, depending on who your mortgage is through, they will include an escrow in with their payment. Your mortgage might only be $400 a month, but they might have you pay. Your payment might be 550 because at the end of the year, you have to have home insurance because if you've got a loan on it. And secondly, your taxes, so all that is paid. So that's an escrow. Where we're at now, I don't. we don't have an escrow account for Econ Credit. They didn't do that. But they do have, like, something you can use as a savings. So what I do is every month, at the 30th of every month, I move enough money that over into a savings account that I'm not touching for anything else, but enough to cover my taxes that I'll get from the county, and enough to cover my home insurance whenever it comes due. So like usually October is when I pay my my house insurance is due like the first of October, and the taxes are due before that month or due this month. So uh, that's what escrow is. Yeah, and I was just getting ready to say that I did account too for the extra nickel tax for next year. All right. So that's what escrow is. Trying to think of other stuff on here. Health insurance. If you don't have to, we had to pay for health insurance. We paid for that Obamacare, and that stuff was junk. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I didn't even. I paid more, and I couldn't even spend it. People don't take it hardly. You might have health insurance. You might have life insurance. 
groceries and toiletries whenever you're filling this out this week. That is anything from your groceries to your laundry detergent, your toilet paper to your toothbrush. Toothpaste. I was trying to say yeah, butt paste, that too. If you need Boudreaux's butt paste, you're destined. That's what that's for. So anything like that, if if you have a mop, if, if your mop or broom breaks and you need to buy one, that's going to go under your toilet. Things to take care of you and your house and yourself is what goes in that <laughs> category. Um, clothing. I'm not a big clothing person. I don't care about clothes. My weakness is food. I love to eat. I love it. Yeah, I love I love food. If you look at our bank account, you'll have uh, yeah flat. If you look at my bank account, you would see a whole lot of restaurant clothes in there. Several, because I'm not using my credit card. Emergency fund like allowance and fund money. That is important. It's on here. It's towards the bottom. Yeah, right. I wish five hundred dollars. It's on there because of the fact that. If you want money to spend or blow or go get your nails did or get your hair did or go do whatever, you can't talk to your mom. <laughs> so that's what that's on there for. Anything like that, you can't just go out spending money. We're going to talk more next week. I know you can't hear me, but I want you to know that we're going to cover, we still got two more weeks of this. We're going to cover about envelope system and shopping and going out and spending money and ways to save money. But me and Ben do an allowance ever since we did financial peace. 11 years ago, um, which was the Dave Ramsey class, we, we still do allowance. And he's like, you going to go get my allowance this week? You rip me off. I'm like, stop wasting them. Get it yourself. But we do an allowance. I get I get like $20 a week because normally I don't go anywhere. And his is like 40 or 60 because he has to eat out a lot. I'm, be, I'm being serious. And you can you can ask him. That's another thing. If you look at my account, you'll see 60, 60 or well, it depends. When Ben wasn't working much, I cut his allowance down. He was on like forty bucks, twenty bucks sometimes. And he said, "Where's my?" Allowance? I said, "You're on." I said, "You're on unemployment." I said, "We got to work with the times." That kind of stuff, you have to include that on your budget. You're, it's not going to work, so don't think that I can just. Well, I can go swap my card. Or I can do this. Got to have it. Got to have. If it's not on the paper, it's not on the paper. Don't do it. What else? Oh, and I left a savings. Well, on savings, yeah, you need to have a savings in place. Now, savings is not for your emergency fund in case the tire blows out. Savings is not for your toilet paper, right? You don't touch it. Savings, and I even recommend if you're going to have a savings account, don't put it at the same bank as your checking account. Because you're going to see it whenever you pull up your, whenever you log in your bank account, and you're, it's going to be real easy just to move money over. And it's real easy now anyway, so you can transfer to external accounts all the time. But have it at a different place. It is money you're not going to touch. You might be saving it for, to buy a car, cash. Um, you might be saving it for vacation. So savings is savings. And then we'll talk more about retirements and stuff like IRAs, all that stuff later on. And I'll listen a few other blanks. Um, some of you might have child care something I thought of. Some people might have monthly prescriptions and there's a copay on those. That's everything that has to be included in here. Everything. That way we know where we're at. And the only reason I'm saying all this because if you want to get it out of debt, I promise I will help you. And not me, but just using the principles that God gave us and the wisdom and some stuff that from, from my personal mistakes. And I don't want you all to live in fear tomorrow. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I would tell us, don't worry about what we're going to eat, drink, wear, any of that stuff tomorrow. 
But I think, like the other scripture said, we also need to be prepared and manage well what God's given us. So there's that. Does anybody else have any questions? Not under not understanding or not sure what something is on here. I didn't want to overwhelm. He's right. Some of that's in stuff for next week, but you do need to have you need to have at least a thousand dollars. And what they going a step further. Even what they recommend is that we used to do a three month, but norm they say you need a six month in your emergency. Like whatever your budget takes you, if it takes you three thousand dollars a month, yeah. Oh, I know. That's what I don't want to overwhelm everybody. Not that's why I'm not saying all this. So they're saying have eighteen thousand dollars. In case, like, what what if you and your husband or whoever were both laid on your backs for six months? I'm just telling that's crazy. Some of you guys, so please don't be like, holy crap, what are we doing next week? I'm not coming if we have to have $18,000. But that's just, Dave Ramsey's a financial guru, just a little bit of background about him. He was a huge real estate guy in Nashville back in the 80s. The housing market bombed one of the, one of the many times it's bombed in the 80s. He was, like, in debt millions of dollars because the whole thing just fell on top of him. Eventually, after a couple years of trying to manage, he did. He filed for bankruptcy, and then they he kind of started learning from his mistakes and everything. And now he's got like a, he's got a podcast. He's got he's got a Facebook page. He's got constantly things, and he's he's really good. And I mean, he'll tell you everything. I'm just kind of taking bits and pieces from everywhere because I don't want it to just be like, holy crap, what are we doing? But but they they tell you to have six months in your emergency fund. I don't have that. I know that's what they recommend. You definitely they they definitely tell you to have three, but they really recommend six. So we we'll, we can talk more about that next week uh, whenever we find out where we're going to be at. So here's just some uh, cartoons. Size of credit cards. We're unfortunate credit credit card debt. Yeah, we would not be able to carry that stuff around. Here's another one. This one's funny. Wife asks her how long will it take to pay her bill off. My husband says, all it says if you have to ask and you don't want to know. Pretty bad. Here's another one. This burns me up when places do this, but it happens all the time. You're low income, deep in debt, and you have bad credit. You need to act immediately, dot, 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 by getting more high interest credit cards. And there's, there's stores. Ben talked about it some, and I'm not saying I've bought from these places. Not, not doing it again. Big Sandy has that no interest stuff. Uh, Aaron's is horrible, no credit check. And then we went to Aaron's one time because I liked a table they had. And I was like, how much does it cost just to buy it? I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need a loan. I just want. It was like seven hundred bucks because they had to get all their finance, and it wasn't nowhere near that. And I was like, are you serious? Of course, they got on everything, nineteen dollars a month. It just that stuff's dangerous. Uh, the lock horns. I remember reading this cartoon all the time when I was a kid. Our credit card company called. They want you to leave home without it. Okay, so as we are getting ready to close, and then I'm going to give you another time to ask a question. This is just some tips that we can go ahead and implement this coming week. After we fill out our budgets, and I know I've said that three or four times, get these filled out. If you really want to save money, you're going to at least fill the thing out and figure out where you're at. Because we as humans... And people, we do what we want to do. If we want to save money, then we'll do stuff to save money. If we don't want to save money, it's just like exercising. I don't want to exercise right now, so I'm not going to do it. If, if I wanted, if I really, really wanted to, I would do it. I would push through and have wheelbarrows. So once you bring back your budget sheet, we're going to talk about snowballing, debt, and other strategies. 
some of you may or not heard that term before, to get out of debt and help plan better. So some things that I want you to take with you from this week. Make purchases with cash only. Don't take your debit card in the store with you. Don't take your credit card in the store with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you've got a business. But I've done that before. When I've been, like, on, like, super tight and never been to be on unemployment, there would be times if I went to Walmart, I left my purse out in the car. I just took whatever cash I had on me, and I had to add up, God forbid, and keep track of it while I was going around. Because I, if you go into Walmart with a debit card, you're going to come out with four bags with about $150 out of your account. Just don't don't take your debit card in with you. Don't take your credit card in with you. Pay with cash. Not saying there's anything wrong with having them. I've got I've got them. We all probably do. Yeah. Stay away from gas station purchases other than gas. But that's well, okay, she just said he spends his paycheck at Superquick. This is why. And you all know I love to eat. I'm not a big snacker. I kill Ben. We usually get spice when we go on trips because we want to stop at every stinking gas station and buy nuts and Coke. And, and I'm like, are you serious? Just because I don't snack a lot. He does. You all know that when I eat, I put the food away because I don't want no snack. I want dinner. So that goes with me wherever I go. And plus, I'm tight. He says that all the time in his sermons, and I am. I mean, I laugh about some stuff. But just like a couple weeks ago when I ran into the couch and stubbed my toe, it was not because I was too tight to turn an electric on. It was daytime. I didn't need the light on. I just wasn't watching what I was doing. But I do turn lights off whenever I leave the room because it don't need to be on. But gas, Ben's like, I need to get gas station. But that stuff adds up quick. And if you're on a road trip and if you've got a van full of people, I mean, we just went to Louisiana. It was just the two of us. But I was just thinking... Like I said, I'm not a big snacker, but I know I'm like, I'm going to get this because I'm going to get me fat because I'm going to get me pissy drunk. See, now it's my turn. I can put up with 52 weeks of this in a year if I have to, so no. All right, so say, that's why I say that. Let's do a little math because I like math. If I ever doing something different, I'm going to do accounting because I, I just I love numbers and I love crunching stuff and I love seeing where I can pinch and save. Okay, so here's some math. And this is just based on one person. All right, say say old Ben or Earl. Let's say Earl. Yeah, because I haven't picked on him. Okay, so Earl, if, if on average, if you want a 20-ounce pop and a candy bar, it's going to cost you about three bucks. That's for one person. All right, so let's say Earl, He sometimes he works six days a week, but I'm just going to go with five. So Earl, he's going to spend $3 five days a week. That's going to be $15 a week. Guess how many weeks there are in a month? Four on average, sometimes five. So that's $60 a month he's spending on his pop and candy bar. $60 a month times 12 months is $720 a year that you're spending money on a pop and a candy bar at the gas station. Think about that. That might be a house payment. That might be two car payments. That stuff That stuff adds up quick. That, that's why I say that. Just, and I'm not saying it's dumb, but that's one of the reasons I like using my debit card at a pump because then you're not tempted to go in and look at all that stuff saying, buy me. But that stuff adds up quick, and you may not even think about that. And something that was in that, uh, that was in the budget that you might want to put under other two, um, I've got a friend that's fixing to quit smoking for this year. She was figuring up how much money that's going to save her over the whole year. That stuff's got to go in your budget, too. If you have habits, prescriptions, anything like that, 
that has to go in the budget. She was smoking marbles, and it, they're almost $5 a pack. That stuff adds up quick. Um, so that, that's my little math. Stay away from gas station purchases. They add up quick. Uh, next, don't use your credit card if you can't pay the balance each month. And I, I do definitely live by that rule 100% of the time. People say, well, don't you want this credit card? It's got a lowest in, lower interest rate. I don't care nothing about interest rates because I'm going to pay it off whenever that statement comes out. If, if you cannot pay it off when the – and there are times – I don't know what you're laughing about over there. Well, oh, you wait. <laughs> okay. Well, that's yeah. A case of pop. Tell them boys to bring their own popping water. You're not. You're not Walmart. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That stuff rips you off, and just it, it's insane. You don't really realize how much money you spend until you're looking at it on a monthly sheet, and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I spend? So if you can't pay your credit card off, don't don't use it. The only time I I, I do that, and I could see other people doing that. Like um, we got some appliances at Lowe's. They had the 18 months no interest. That's the only time I will ever do that on anything. But just here's a little tidbit. Pay that all two months early at least because they will hook you if that somehow into And then they'll charge you all that back interest for all those 18 months. So if, if you do that, make sure you pay it all two months, at least two months. Um, I've seen Big Sandy get people like that. I've seen Lowe's. There's tons of people. So don't use your credit card if you can't pay the balance each month. Um you know, and say like something does happen, you have to have four tires. Say you're just a horrible driver. I can understand something like that, but once once you get your statement, open it up and look at it, and it'll say, okay, if you keep paying the minimum payment, it's going to take you three years to pay this off. That should scare the crap out of you. And that's just like Stanley. He couldn't even pay his finance charges. His interest charges couldn't even hardly do it. A couple more. Number four, don't get talked into signing up for another credit card account to save money. I mentioned that earlier. I don't care if you can save 10% at Old Navy's. I don't care if you get a free pair of panties from Victoria's Secret. Don't do it. Don't. Pay your must-haves first before you start spending. I had to go down the other day in, in the ice because I needed toilet paper. Is toilet paper a must-have? Yes, for most people, I would hope to say. I'm not going to go into details. I don't want to know any more information. But I don't need to worry about getting the new DVD out whenever I don't even have laundry detergent, toilet paper, or groceries. Pay your must-haves first before you start spending. Next. Oh, this is a rough one. Have some self-control. Yep, <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. I need a side of self-control. Huh? Self-control, what we're going to build up. So, this, like I said, this is just week one. This is just week one. So, next week is going to be more about how to actually put this budget into effect. I want you to have it filled out because next week we're going to talk how to put it into effect, things you can actually do. But I want you to see, and don't get scared once you fill this out and not come back next week, please. It, it's going to already be in the red. That's okay. I guarantee if I filled mine out right now since I've bought car parts, we're in the red this month. And you know what? That's okay because my thing is I'm going to start fresh in February. I'm still not going to just say the heck with it and blow all my money that I have left in January. Yeah, Earl, sorry. 
people's questions. The only thing I said is pray each month for God to help you, man. And she will speak to you. Before first of month, or once you get that first income, pray for it. Go for it. Yeah, which you just got a job. What you think it's going to be? Which, like on average, um, yeah, just just what you whatever you have to work on. If you if you just got a budget for two weeks, and you like say you like January, that's your first two weeks with the new job. Go ahead and just double that or double it, and get everything on it. But I'm telling you, praying about managing your money and giving God what's His first. I promise you. Now, if you don't do that, don't be like. Oh my gosh, I can't do it. We're all going to get better. And like Ben said, you're probably going to be in the red. That's okay. Come back. Because next week we're going to get more into like hands-on, how, okay, you told me all this stuff. What do I need to do to start doing it? Or the tips that can help me. And then the week after that is going to be, we're going to collect some credit cards to raise out from. And let go of some, we're going to be free with stuff. Now I'm not going to, you know, you know what I'm saying? We're going to, because that stuff's bondage. That debt will keep you wrapped up so tight. It'll worry you to death. It'll keep you awake at night. It just, it's not healthy. So next week, application specifically. Week three is going to be moving on forward the future and freeing yourself up from some stuff. So these tips, do these this week before next Wednesday, just enough to get you going in the right direction and fill out your budget sheet. That is very important. Very important. Any questions or comments? Yeah, I put down what I, what you bring home. Yeah, because you're gross. I wouldn't even mess with any of that. Just put your net your net income for the for the paycheck. Just take an average. If if it's for, I know that sounds hard because you're going to have to do some digging, and you might actually have to call utility companies up and find out last year what was my lowest bill, what was my highest bill, and they'll give you that stuff. I've done it before. I keep. Yeah, it's dusty. Just so, it's so you know where you're at now, and two, do you know where where you'll be? So, is everybody good? Do go home, do this, come back next week. If if you're in time, yeah. Take an average of stuff. Don't be like, well, the heck with that. I can't figure one up. My income is everywhere. Uh, I might work five days one week, and I might work 15, or, yeah, five days one month, and I might work 15 the next. So mine's really hard. So I just take an average of my highest and lowest because I can spread it out this month. I'm not working when it comes through. Oh, his business? Yeah. Definitely. What I would just what it would like what his normal salary would be. Include that in your personal one, and then like yeah, the business. Oh man, I need to get this thing going here quick. My thing's too low up. <laughs> and I will put. I'll probably put this thing online if I can figure out how to get it from the Apple because it's an Apple app file, um, and the podcast and stuff. Give me a few days. Anything else? about me for God, but didn't make anybody mad. Like I said, we're all doing it together. Nobody's perfect. Let's stand up, and I'm just going to tell you, since we're talking about budgeting, Al's and Artie's has $5 pizzas on Wednesday and Thursday nights. So you know what? I'm going to use my brain 
And it, I can't cook meal for me and Ben for five dollars, especially the way he eats. It's not happening. He's like, oh, I do. I eat two or three times as much as him. Um, so I, if anyone would like to go and cook, it would be heaven because I ain't gonna cook my baby mama steak for Caleb because I didn't eat. Well, you kept losing your money all the time, Francis. So that's what brought this up. So we're just trying to help you. All right, so um, Ben, I'm going to ask if you'll pray and close us out and just um, pray that God would help us retain everything, that we would, you know, move forward and do all that good stuff.